For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. This is the Charity Stripe on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. And now, this is the moment you've all been waiting for. We are live on the Charity Stripe Podcast with your hosts, Alex, Josh, and Nick. We're back, baby. It is the Daily Stripe Thursday, July 27th. Shout out to those listening in SoCal ESPN at 1090. It's good to hear and see you folks as well. Joshua Fisher, Alexander Tossman, Rock Disciples, DJ, Nikki Snacks, Kreider. And we have a returning guest, one half of the Wake and Rake podcast, one of the greats, Danny Vietti, joining the show. And before we give him the floor, I do want to issue a small apology on behalf of the TCS crew to Halo Nation, we've ragged on the Angels. We've called them terrible. We've said that they've been mismanaged for years now, but they put their nuts on the bump. They go get Giolito and Ronaldo Lopez shoring up their pitching staff that once again we have railed against for so long. So kudos to the Angels. We're glad they're going for it. Danny, welcome again to the show. How are you, my friend? We'd love your thoughts on the trade and your thoughts on the Angels keeping Otani ahead of the trade deadline. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me on. Always a blast. I, I will start with this and say I will not apologize for saying the Angels have mismanaged this ball club for a decade now or nearly a decade because that's exactly <laughs> what has happened. Am I happy that the Angels are going for it and just laying it out on the line and saying, you know what? We got two of the best players of you know, in baseball history. Trout's going to be coming back in a month, hopefully. They're hoping to get Brandon Drury back. Now you have a nice starting rotation with Otani, Detmers, Sandoval, Giolito, and Canning. Yeah, I love it. I love that they're actually going for it because why the hell not? But I will not apologize for critiquing them over the last 10 years because they've been abysmal most of these, uh, the better half of the last decade. Hey, yeah, I love that. I, I don't think, uh, I don't think I'm going to apologize either because I mean, you <laughs> literally, you literally have Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig on your team and you haven't been able to, uh, basically get them to the playoffs which is abysmal um so this is your last ditch effort um i doubt a ton is going to be on your roster next season unless you fork up you know 600 million dollars but um go after it you know see what you can do when trout gets back let's see if we can you know put together a solid lineup and then make a run i mean they're only what three and a half games out right now or four games out right now have to look again um but it's a deeper hole than some of these teams are that are quote unquote buyers um, four games out. So we'll have to see mm-hmm. uh, the teams are behind right now. Danny, the Sox, the Yankees, the Jays. What do you see those two teams doing selfishly, specifically the Red Sox? Cause you know, will is your co-host. Uh, what do you guys think they're doing over there? A lot of these teams need pitching help. A lot of teams just in general need pitching help. Uh, the problem is it's just a question of like, Who's going to be available? Because a lot of the top names like Dylan sees, 
not going to be available. Shahotani, mm-hmm. obviously now not going to be available. The most interesting name would be Blake Snell of San Diego. I still question whether he's going to be available too, though. Um, there was a report from Nightingale this morning that the Padres just lost another series at home to Pittsburgh yesterday. And so maybe Snell could be available because he's going to be a free agent at year's end. I still don't believe that. I, I see it very similar to the Angels and Mets situation to where they're just going to go down with their ship. If A.J. Preller, who is, I believe, on the hot seat, why would he sell off now? If he's going to get fired anyways, why give up now? I I think he's going to take this thing right to the end. And the numbers indicate that it's going to turn around for the Padres. And I know it's July 27th, and we've been saying this for three months now. But every number known to mankind, all the statistical nerds out there, indicate that the Padres are going to turn it around at some point. Um, so that tells me they're going to go down with their ship and they're going to give it one last ride. And then the other name that comes to mind too is Marcus Stroman um, for the Cubbies. Although the Cubbies have been playing good ball lately too. So there's another question mark, like who's going to be available. So there's a lot of question marks of, of starting pitching. And the problem is, is that there's a high demand for starting pitching, but the supply right now is pretty low. Mm-hmm. In the Padres situation, do you feel like, they should stand pat or be buyers because I mean, obviously I'm with you. I think AJ Preller, you know, has kind of, you know, dug his own grave a little bit and there's no reason for him to just sell off for another GM to have a plentiful farm system. You know, like he's, I mean, he's just going to swallow his pride and and, not swallow his pride and take it to the end. But would you say there would be buyers? Depends on what your definition of buyers would be. I, I definitely wouldn't sell. You know, I'd keep the, the roster intact. Uh, CJ Crone's interesting to me. Cronenworth just hasn't gotten it done at first base this year, uh, particularly against left-handed pitching. So I'm wondering if maybe you could platoon those two and have CJ Crone against lefties, Chick Cronenworth against righties. I, I think that's your best bet is like finding more platoon partners, maybe even somebody out in center field to platoon with Trent Grisham too. Mm-hmm. So not anything big for San Diego by any means, but Maybe just kind of shoring up the roster a little bit, putting some, you know, dotting some I's and crossing some T's. That's that's what I would imagine. Yeah, I'm with you. Maybe some bullpen help too. Yeah. Well, now I'm like, I'm a little scared of the deadline's fireworks because, like, we're sitting here and a week ago we thought, okay, the Cubs are going to sell on Bellinger and Strom and they're on one year deals. Now they've won what five in a row and they're in kind of in the thick of things with the Reds and the Brewers. The Brewers are a team like, are they going to go all in at any point, you know, in the franchise's history or not? And, (laughs) and the Reds like, you know, okay, they could have made a splashy move, but they don't need to rush anything. They're ahead of schedule. Like, so now you're looking at a lot of these teams across the board and the Mets and the Padres, like you bring up, like they're going to go down with their ships. Like the, the whole AJ Preller point is something that we've we've talked about AJ Preller a plethora of times. We've never touched on the fact that he probably is gone, regardless of unless they make a crazy turnaround, which analytically they could. But unless they make a crazy turnaround, he's probably going to go. So there's no point in selling, like we're saying, and they might as well buy and just spend as many chips as he can to try to you know do the impossible. And the Mets, though, I think they've given up such gaudy contracts, but to me, more so than the Padres they should trade Verlander and they should trade Scherzer. Their season was kind of toast once Edwin Diaz went down. Uh, you have you have them for another year. So, like, if you were confident about this 2023 
roster, why wouldn't you be confident other than the fact that they haven't won many games this year? But why wouldn't you give it another shot in 2024 and try and fill the holes elsewhere? Like it, it hasn't been Verlander and Scherzer's fault, I wouldn't say. No, I'm not saying it's their fault, but Verlander up there in age, started off the year hurt. Scherzer's not Scherzer's been good, but not been like lights out Cy Young candidate good. Neither of those guys are all stars. And their farm, they have a lot of bats in their farm. They have a lot. I feel like they always have a, a million middle infielders and catchers in their farm system, but they don't have a lot of pitching depth like they used to. I mean, like when the Mets were great, they had Harvey, Degrom, Syndergaard, Wheeler come through. I mean, I, I would say one of the biggest mistakes in their franchise history was letting Wheeler walk to a rival. Just looking at the rotation, like Senga's been good. Crosco has been a little iffy at times, and he's dealt with injuries. And he's, Jose Quintana he is finally getting back. Yeah. I mean, it's just – what is Cros- – Crosco's 36 now, so he would be 37 next year. I don't know, man. I, I place a lot of the blame on the Mets on the offense. I I totally get the argument of wanting to start over, but I think New York is almost in too deep with these contracts. So it's going to be really tough now to start over. If they want to start over after next year – when you're going to have Scherzer and Verlander, you know, coming up on the end of their deals, maybe that would be more um, more of an idea. San Francisco is interesting. Maybe they could, you know, vouch for those two guys. There were a John Morosi report a week ago that the uh, Giants were checking in on Verlander. So maybe there's a team like that that's like ready or feels like they're ready to compete right now. That would give it a go. I just feel like the Mets are in a situation unlike any other in the league where like they have old guys on a couple of year contracts and these guys are making $43 million this year, which, and next year, which is that that's a tough hole to dig yourself out of. Yeah. I'm with you on that. And I think, you know, if you're looking at it, you have to, you have to find a team that is like in win now mode, of course, like the giants that can maybe give up a couple of prospects, because like you said, if it's kind of short deals, you know, Maybe look for the future to see if you can just grab prospects as quickly as possible. I mean, $43 million is a lot, but I mean, it is Justin Berlander. He is a Cy Young winner. He is up there in age, but you know, I'd take him on a rental deal if I have the, if I have the room on my, on my, you know, payroll to, to pay him and make a little run here. Yeah. Maybe, maybe a move. I was going to say, what what about the Rays? You know, like, yeah. Eflin going out yesterday. I think he's he has to go get an MRI. I don't know what the results of that are yet. But if he's out for some remainder of the season or the rest of the season, with with what they've already lost, his springs went down earlier this year. Um, you know, that's the team that before you know a week and a half prior to the All Star break, that that was the best team in baseball. And now all of a sudden, they're not leading their division, and they're not the best team in baseball. And uh, we we know how far they've taken it, you know, in playoff runs past and, and what that would mean for them to, to get another crack at it. And I think Verlander would be a guy that could get in there and, and really change things up for them. Yeah. I'd, I'd be able to see Tampa just go for it. Yeah. Like what, what like, a, like there's, there's so many teams like the Brewers and the Rays and like, we've seen them like after a while, it's like, all right, you made the playoffs cute. But like get get it done, like you know, like, like all right, we have but I mean, yes, the Braves have won the World Series in the last five years, and you know their team is great. But I, we have a lot of Atlanta buddies acting like it's the next, it's like the greatest dynasty since sliced bread. Like y'all have won the you know the division since you, between World Series eighteen times, and you have two World Series to show for it. Like at that a certain point, like how many times can you make the playoffs and we just pat you on the back? 
Like the Rays have been to a couple World Series. They're consistently good. You got to get it done at a certain point. And now the Orioles have passed you. And they're kind of beating you at your own game a little bit with homegrown talent. I really wanted Tampa to get in on the Otani talks, even you know before they took Otani off the table. Had the so, prospects. Yeah, they do. They got one of the best farm systems in baseball, and they do every single year. So let's say you give up you know, your top – I don't even know who their top prospects are right now. I don't even have them pulled up right now. But let's say I you do get rid of – okay, thank you. Um, let's say you get rid of two, three of them, maybe even four of them to get a Scherzer or Verlander or someone big like that. Um, you're kind of re- – the way that they scout their international scouting and the way that they draft, you're going to build it up within a year or two. You know, it's not going to take that long. And with the roster that you have, you have Wander Franco for another eight years. Um, you have, I think Glasnow is going to be a free agent after next year. So you have another season of Glasnow. Um, you're going to have McClanahan at least for another two, three years. He's not going to hit for agency for a while. So like your young core is still intact. Randy Rosarena, you still have for a while. Why, why the hell not, man? Like Tampa Bay was involved too with like the Freddie Freeman sweepstakes. They they actually spent some money on Franco. They spent some money on um uh what's his name? Who did that? Eflin. Um so like they're starting to spend some money and actually acting like a big league ball club for once in regards to financial. So why not, man? Tampa, go after it. Clearly, you're not the the best team in the league, um, even though you thought you were after the first couple months of the year, clearly something is missing. So why not, you know, go out and, and give it a go? Mm-hmm. I think it's a health thing, honestly. Uh, they have four guys in the top fifty, pro- top forty prospects in on MLB.com. So like, you have the guys. It's, it's really good, man. And you know there are a lot some guys in the middle of the infield, and they always find dudes like Yanni Diaz is an All Star this year. Um, another guy to throw out there, but I think they've had some injury issues and in the like Fairbanks has been in and out of the rotation. He's had some weird nerve issues like, at the back end of the bullpen. McClanahan's been hurt. Glass now, obviously not fully healthy this year. Um, so they've had some injury issues themselves in FM, like we're talking about, whereas the Orioles continue to get better and better, like a little bit away from the trade deadline. We were talking about this yesterday. What do you think of Felix Batista and at the rate that he is going at being the Cy Young for the AL? Ooh, it's the first time somebody's asked me that question. I've never really thought about it, to be honest. Who are your, your, so your leaders right now would be McClanahan, mm-hmm. um, Cole, maybe. Cole. I don't, I don't hate it because there's not really a guy that is just taking over the league, but I think Garrett Cole just has a much larger impact on his team. And that's what, like, that's the same conclusion I go to. Like the Yankees have been pretty much atrocious since Aaron Judge went on the IL, except when Garrett Cole is on the hill. And so Batista is going to end up with you know, 80, 80 inning or, or maybe 60 appearances, 70 appearances. Garrett Cole is going to have up over 250 innings pitch or damn near. So the impact that Cole has, I don't think it's, I don't think it's enough to surpass what Cole's been doing. That's just my personal opinion. Can I sell you this pen? Do it. Okay. Uh, (laughs) Yes. Obviously, I think Garrett Cole, uh, kudos to Nick. That was his Cy Young pick uh, this year. Uh, Wait, Batista was his Cy Young pick? No, no, no. Cole. Cole. 
Cole. I was gonna say, oh. holy shit! Give me the yeah. He's a he's an absolute madman. He's a madman. Yeah, yeah he's God. he's lost. He's lost it. He's 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 gone off the hit, the rails. Uh, <laughs> the <laughs> now Cole was his Cy Young pick. Uh, but my thing with Batista, in my mind at least, he's the best player on the team right now. He's the best. Pl- he's playing the best baseball on the best team in the AL. And his ERA keeps dropping. His whip keeps dropping. His strikeouts per nine inning are ridiculous. He's pretty much an automatic out and an automatic save every time he, he steps up uh, and, and heads to the hill. And the biggest reason why they've jumped the Rays is their one-two punch with, with Cano and Batista. And, you know, I know that there was a lot of allure around Mariano Rivera, but he's the first player ever in baseball history to get 100% voting on the Hall of Fame. And it, he was the backbone of that Yankees dynasty. I'm not saying the Orioles are off to the dynasty. They have to get to the playoffs, let alone the World Series first, right? But they've overtaken the Rays as good as Cole's been. The Yankees are in dead last in a very tough division, but they're in last. And he's not – if Cole could get his ERA to a 2-2, I'll back off. But right now, he's like a 2-6, 2-7 type guy, and he's not going to strike out 300 guys this year. And I, I think Batista is is in a position where he could strike out like 120 dudes. It's possible. And he could get to 40-plus saves. And his ERA right now is a .92. If he could lower that to a .85, a .8, and his whip is like a .8, he's pretty, he's pretty near unhittable. And to me, that would be pretty remarkable. couple things. So, one, still a lot of baseball to be played for him to yes. really get there. That's the obvious one. I'm looking back right now, though, at Eric Gagne's season when he won the Cy Young. That's the last reliever that won it. And he had a 1-2 ERA. Um, he had 55 saves, which I don't think Batista's going to hit. No. Um, he had 137 strikeouts. The next guy in the race was Jason Schmidt, had a 2-3-4 ERA, and then had over 200 strikeouts. So Garrett Cole isn't even surpassing Jason Schmidt when it comes to ERA. Um, he'll get to 200 strikeouts, I believe. Um, but he is, he is Garrett Cole though. And I think that that's a difference between Schmitty and no no offense to Schmitty, (laughs) but I mean, that's an excellent year for the guy. You guys boys with this nickname. (laughs) Yeah. Me and Schmitty go way back. Obviously. Yeah. He's basically like second uncle to me. Um, no, I, I, can we throw out Nathan as well? Like he's, just as much in the mix to me as I mean, the Rangers are the best team in the AL West. He's I think third in average against for, for starters. He's started two less games than Garrett Cole, but he's only pitched six innings less. Like he's there in regret. He's second best whip in the league uh, from starters in the American league. And then he's got the best ERA. You're talking about Cole, you know, bringing that ERA down of all these already there. Of course he doesn't have the strikeout numbers. You know, he's not the top of the league in that regard, but he only has eight home runs against. He's just not a guy that, that gives up the long ball. Like as far as quality pitchers have gone and in results to their team being the best they can be. Like I think Evaldi has to be in the, the conversation as well. Yeah. I think he's top three. Yeah. This is a really important point though, that I don't want to get overlooked is we all know that these end of season awards, MVP, Cy Young, they're all narrative awards and they're mm. all what the media myself included, want to talk about and want to hype up. Garrett Cole's never won a Cy Young Award, which is both shocking and super shocking. Uh, uh, unfair, because his, yeah. his teammate in Verlander won, it was 2019. 
Garrett Cole, when you go side by side with Garrett Cole's numbers and Justin Verlander's numbers, Garrett Cole should have won the Cy Young in 2019. So like similar to how I know that Aaron Judge broke the record last year and he was still very much deserving of the MVP. But I do think there was a narrative last year that when Otani and Judge were going at it for the MVP, people were looking back to 2017 when Altuve beat out Judge and he shouldn't have beat out Judge. And so now people are looking for an excuse to give Judge the MVP, and he ran away with it. Similar this year, I think people at the end of the year, because Cole got snubbed in 2019, people are going to be looking for an excuse to give Cole his his due. He's Leonardo DiCaprio in, Le- in Revenant, right? Not necessarily his best movie, but the one that he gets awarded for finally. It's because a good everyone's like, holy crap, this, this guy deserves. Cole had 326 strikeouts in 2019 and still did not win a Cy Young. That is ridiculous. It's absurd. Like, I mean, Garrett Cole, by and large, we were talking about this yesterday, Danny. I'd love to get your take on this as well. I think Nikki posed the question, has any of these 10-year, 300 ridiculous million-dollar deals worked out? He's, to me, so far, him and I think Toshi throughout Mookie are like the real only two deals that have – that have been good and profitable as from our, from a production standpoint. Yeah. And for, I threw out Freddie too, but he, honestly. yeah, but I know, he's like a I, know smaller, I know it's, er- yeah, I know it's earlier. It's a smaller deal, a smaller yeah. deal than he got. Sure. Thoughts on that, well, Danny. What was the question? I missed it. Uh, Garrett Cole right. and Mookie Betts being the only two profitable from a production standpoint, like we, big $300 million deals. The, the oh. argument, the argument stemmed from Jalen Brown getting five years, $300 million in the NBA. I was basically saying, I was bit, well, so Bryce is another one, but I mean, minus the injuries, but we're basically saying like, out of all the contracts that have been handed out, have there anyone be like, yes, we're so glad we spent 300 plus million dollars on that guy. I'm looking. It's a good question. Definitely not Giancarlo. Um, like maybe Manny. And I, I don't know. I mean, they, they just re extended him. Yeah. I think it's too early for that one. Um, Corey Seager has been good so far. But it's still it's it's early for him too, and then it cuts off at 300 with Trey Turner. Yeah, I think that's pretty fair. Trout was looking good for a while too, but now all of a sudden the injuries have racked up. Yeah, that's my only knock on Harper too. That's my only knock on Harper's injuries. Yeah, so I think Harper, you could definitely throw him. I mean, they made the World Series last year. He's an MVP. Um, I mean. Harper's been the real deal. I, I think you need to throw him into that conversation too. Him, Mookie, judges dealing with injuries. Man, that that's actually a pretty solid point, though. They just don't work. Like you could go back. It's almost a tale as old as time. Like you brought up Giancarlo. Like Robbie Cano didn't really work. Like we saw how that you know song and dance ended. We saw how the Pujols song and dance ended. And Pujols, I think we could all come together and say is a top three hitter we've ever seen, right, in our mm-hmm. lifetimes. Yeah. So sometimes you have to make the deal and that's the way the game is gone. But I'm looking at the New York Yankees right now and they're kind of really dependent on their farm. They have locked up all their dollars and cents in Aaron Judge, Garrett Cole and Giancarlo Stanton. And I know that there's this narrative around the baseball community of unlimited money, but there has to come a point where the luxury tax comes into play and the well dries up. Like you cannot just keep throwing out three hundred million dollar contracts, especially when you're not winning World Series. Like they haven't won in over a decade, and they have three guys with three hundred million dollar deals. It's got to a point of ridiculous. It's they're the most boring watch in baseball. Like something. (laughs) I mean, really, like 
like Rick, I know that swag and uh, flair like doesn't win ball games, but just entertainment factor. They're the most boring watch in baseball. Like they don't have any big names when Judge is out, really, and Stanton's out. Um, I, they don't do. They have no identity as a team, and I think maybe this is a stretch, but I I relate it all back to the old traditional historical um, hat that they proudly wear every every year with the no facial hair policy. And we're better than everybody in the league because we won 27 titles, even though we've only won two in this, you know, uh, millennium, this, this, since the turn of the century. So mm-hmm. they pride themselves on their history and, there's an old cliche out there that if you're constantly looking behind, you're never looking forward. Um, they need to stop looking at those 27 titles and they need to start looking forward and, and embracing what the game is today because they're the same team that they have been for the past four or five years. They're way too reliant on the long ball. They have no team identity. Their pitching's pretty solid. I have no criticism of their pitching, but their lineup is atrocious. The lineup is the exact same that it's been for the past four or five years and and they need to change themselves as an organization, not just as a team. It starts from the top and it it works itself downward. Yeah. I mean, if you're looking at it from an outside perspective as a free agent as well, I mean, I don't necessarily know that it's the same organization that people wanted to play for, you know, in the nineties, in the early two thousands where it's like, yeah, I want to be a Yankee. I don't like it's not a sexy free agent destination now because the fans are pretty horrible. Sometimes you have the facial hair stuff, you have the button up tight knit stuff. And then of course, as well, I think there's a bias where it's like, okay, you're the New York Yankees. Like the asking price is always going to be higher if you're the free agent or the agent, right? They're always going to try to go a little bit over the top because the Yankees have been known to throw out that money out there. So I think they're already kind of in a a bind and they put themselves in the predicament because of that. Um, So free agency these days is just tough for them in my opinion they have to change their culture to really kind of combat that mm-hmm. they and they're not really a cult they're not really a team that's won- when they won they didn't win on free agents like that's like the thing we talk about this all the time like they didn't win on free agents go through their guys bernie williams many people think should be in the hall of fame bernie williams posada pettit jeter obviously rivera like even like roger clemens who came in for two world series like they traded for him like that. Like, and that to me is a utilization of the players you have on your team and your utilization of your farm. Like that counts in that regard. Like these aren't big free agent splashy signings. Like, yes. Like they got one with Sabathia, but they signed Sabathia, Burnett, Texera, A-Rod they traded for. Like they went, like there's a certain point where you go all in so hard. Like you have to get some dividends, but you go across the board. Look how the Astros and the Braves are doing it. Like how yeah. the, the Royals have a, the Royals have as many World Series in the last ten years as the New York Yankees. Yeah, dude, that Dodgers franchise too. sucks. Dodgers too. Like what they're doing with the farm system and bringing up guys and like it, it, it's a it's a threefold, right? You got to be doing it on in the draft. You got to be doing it. Actually, it's probably like fourfold, if you will. International mm. signing, draft, free agency, spending money, and actually like developing your players. Yeah. It's all development. I, 
Nick, you we talk about your pods a lot, and, and especially on you know our ESPN SoCal show. Shout out to the 1090 fam. We're one of the worst teams when it comes to developing players. You are, but <laughs> I mean, we're, we're pretty much the farm system for all of baseball, right? We we get a guy and then we trade him away, and then he flourishes somewhere else. But your best player is a homegrown kid, <laughs> like the best player on the team. But is a like, guy we traded for him. For the White okay, Sox. but yeah, but he's still a guy that came up through y'all system, sure, pretty much. Sure, sure. Yeah, yeah, okay. You know what? <laughs> there's a there's a stigma with the Padres that they don't make their players better, and I get it because there is like the Justin Uptons and the Craig Kimbrels and uh, like there's there is a list. Don't get me wrong, but they're already studs. They were already studs, but then they went over to Sandy. I, I more so mean not so developing. I more so mean like they're not. They're getting worse when they go to San Diego. Like there's right. a stigma <clears throat> over over San Diego, but. Don't they deserve credit for Jake Cronenworth and Joe, uh, Joe Musgrove and sure. Hassan Kim and even Trent Grisham to a degree? Hassan Kim's leading the NL in war right now, which is crazy. We're sitting. I mean, he's. Gonna, I mean, I hope he finishes top ten in MVP voting. That'd be awesome. Should um, should no. I I agree. I definitely think that there's credit to be deserved there. But like by and large, you look around the league. Like Sawinski for the Pirates was was a throw-in trade, right? When yeah. when we traded for I think Adam Frazier, like <laughs> like Josh Naylor, you know, like oh, oh. like you those guys. Right now at first we can base. use both those guys. Yeah, you talk yeah. about you talk about the Padres need to upgrade over Cronenworth. Like no offense to Cronenworth, who's had a really good career outside of this year. Like Naylor would be a huge upgrade at first base over the yeah. Crone zone and. I, I, yeah, I mean, it's a bit unfortunate they consistently make these moves and just are always throwing guys away. Yeah, Alex. I mean, I was just gonna say, I mean, like some some teams have to be career starters for guys and then ship them off elsewhere and and, and let them become something else. Also, in that 09 team, just a couple of other. Guys, I just went back and looked at that roster for the Yankees. Melky Cabrera, right? Chiming Wong, who had been on the team. Jabba Chamberlain, like Brett Gardner, was his second year in the league. Like they had guys that they had brought up. Those guys weren't anywhere else before they were, were called up for the Yankees. So Jeter Cano, like kinda, that, kind of weird when you say Brett Gardner's second year in the league. I feel like he's been playing since the 1900s. I know he looks like it, dude. Yeah, that's another well. reason Yankee fans are like on Twitter. They're like, they're always looking in the past. They're like, like bring Brett Gardner back. Yeah, yeah they're like bring yeah, Brett yeah. Gardner back. Like, I'm sorry, fellas, but Brett Gardner's not going to fix your your problems right now. But that's <laughs> like what 40. like the fans they're. Yankee fans in the Yankee organization, they're always looking in the rearview mirror. Always. Yeah. Dude, like they're they're <laughs> I thought the Red Sox were gonna be bad this year. I really did. But I, did. I, I picked the under. So did I, but I'm so happy. Like the what the Sox have done this year with homegrown talent, the massive, like similar to Hassan Kim, like they won like the international pool this year with yeah, Yoshida. She has been awesome. Yeah. He's an isn't he we could you could argue that the Sox have a top five outfield in baseball with Duran, Verdugo, and Yoshida. You could really argue their outfield is top five. All those guys are hitting pretty well. Duran for the future, too. Built for the future. Jaron Duran is a guy who, you know, people uh kind of railed against last year because he didn't you know come to fruition of what he was supposed to be but he's stealing bases left right front and center he's a good table setter at top of the lineup and Yoshida's a guy he's hitting like 320 you know I really feel like you guys are in a really similar situation as the Reds are right now I would argue I don't think I don't yeah I think pitching wise maybe like we still have some young guys who could haven't hit their top end but I think the one difference between us and them is we have Devers 
Yeah. Like Devers is also now a $300 million man. Devers is the first guy like that this iteration of the front office has paid. And Devers is a true proven all-star who's got like 70-something RBIs and is mashing the ball right now. He's right. like a real yeah. legit player where I think L.A. De La Cruz will probably become that next year. Right? Probably. Is that fair to say? Well, and Will and I talked a lot about the, the Red Sox coming into the year, and it, we both agreed like the Red Sox could be really good if all things go right, and they could be really bad if all things go wrong. And by all things go wrong, this team is very susceptible to injury. Um, it started off at the season with Story, for whatever reason, not getting surgery until spring training, which was a question mark. Um, they also came into the season with you didn't really know what you're going to get out of guys like James Paxton, Chris Sale. They have they have massive injury histories, and then now Tanner Houck and Garrett Whitlock. Whitlock is on the IL too. So, like this roster, the way it was constructed had major question mark. You had older guys, Justin Turner. Um, just older guys on the roster with injury histories. But we both agreed that if they were able to stay healthy, that this team was capable of winning 85, 90 games. I was putting my money on not everything going right for the Red Sox because that's just the way baseball works. But the lineup's legit. You know, they, they, the young guys, I think, have been able to relieve some of these older guys and have been pulling a lot of the weight. And so Turner is having one of his best years. Yeah, Turner's having like a career year. Yeah. That's how good teams are made though. Is like the young guys are combined in with the veteran guys and you know, they, they, they feed off one another, you know, they, they help build each other up and that's what they're doing. They need starting pitching though. They really do. I mean, they, you look at their rotation, like on fan graphs, they have three guys in their rotation, Paxton, Bayo and Crawford. And then they're getting guys on the IL back. Um, but they're another team that's going to be looking to maybe making some calls on on Blake Snell in San Diego or Stroman out in Chicago, mm-hmm. um, Jordan yeah, Montgomery. I, I I think this is a great fit too, is uh, just because of his history in Boston is Eduardo Rodriguez in Detroit. Mm. Familiarity there. Alex Cora knows Eddie. Um, obviously, he had success in Boston, so Eddie Rodriguez would be a nice fit in Boston as well. Yeah, and he's back and healthy. And I mean, look, Schreiber just came back. Like he was out, and he's like, you could argue that he's our one of our best relievers. I mean, I think they've had obviously some issues, but I like what they're doing with Pavetta again, like, a long relief role. Like that's been like a really, it's been a really interesting deploy that they've been, you know, using in their rotation. They bring him in in the like, you know the bottom half of the lineup in the third inning, and then he just cooks which is uh, something you've seen other teams do. And I'm glad the Red Sox are using that bullpen strategy. It's another kudos to Cora being just a fantastic manager. I do want to go to the West Coast a little bit. D-backs, Giants, Dodgers on the NL side are vying for that for that top spot in the division. Um, Dodgers are having a really good June on. And then in the AL West, are the tides changing? Are the Astros' times – is the Astros' time over? Is it fully Rangers – Rangers season in the AL West, or do you think the Astros can catch them? Yeah. Uh, I don't think it matters, to be honest. I think both those teams are capable of winning a World Series. I, I don't like, you know, just celebrating divisional championships in, in baseball because sure. they just frankly don't don't matter. You know, I, I, I get it for a franchise. It's meaningful. It, it, you're, it's, it's history, and you only win so many in a franchise like hang the banner. I don't care. But in regards to like what a season turns out to be, just get in the dance. Don't worry about mm-hmm. winning the division. You know, look at the Phillies last year, Nationals in 2019. 
the Braves in in twenty twenty was it twenty 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 one? Yeah, twenty one. Astros in, in twenty two. Um, just get in the dance. You know, don't 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 spread your guys too thin as you're coming down the stretch. Both both are capable of winning World Series. Make some moves at the deadline. Better your team, and if you end up winning the title for the division, great. But I think both those teams have bigger goals in mind. Mm. Yeah. What about the NL West? Like, who do you, who are you, are you worried about the D backs? Do you think they could get there and get it done? I'm more worried about San Francisco. They are ready to make a splash. If not at this deadline, then definitely in free agency after this year. Like this, and that obviously isn't going to impact this season, but San Francisco is hungry. San Francisco <laughs> is in dire need of a face of the franchise. And they tried doing it with like Chris Bryant back in 2021 when they won 107 games. They didn't end up re-signing him, but they went out and got a face of the franchise type player. Now, I've been on this. I'm going to die on this hill. Juan Soto is going to be a San Francisco Giant at some point in his career. If the Padres make him available at the deadline, which I don't think they will, San Francisco would be involved. If Soto hits for agency after next season, San Francisco will definitely be involved. They were the bridesmaid for Judge, bridesmaid for Garrett Cole, bridesmaid for Bryce Harper. Put a superstar in San Francisco, and all of a sudden, all these mixing and matching that Gabe Kapler uh, does so well, the platoons, the bullpen to go along with it, the rotation with Logan Webb. I think San Francisco, if they can land a big-time name at the trade deadline, they should be the team to uh, to look out for in the National League West coming up on the Dodgers. What about the Otani sweepstakes? I feel there like you go. Yeah. a great location for him. Yeah, but I don't think you can get a better face of the franchise than uh, the best player of maybe all time. Yeah. And international face of the franchise too well i mean they always talk about his west coast bias too you know i mean san francisco's right there and you know, exactly where you want to be if if you want to be closer to home and you know i think it's a, a a controllable division right now i mean it's up for grabs you know with the dodgers to kind of take a step back and obviously the padres having their struggles um it, i mean if we were to trade soto uh I don't necessarily know that we would do it in division. You know, we'd probably try to keep them away for a little bit, but yeah. man, we'd be able to get a lot, a lot of prospects back in return for him right now. I mean, no, probably not as much as we gave up, but at the end of the day, like, you know, if you, if you were the Padres and you're actually adamant about going after Otani and you really want to do it, I don't necessarily know you can pay both of them. Like maybe part ways with Soto, get what you can and then focus all your money and energy on Otani. Yeah. I want to make this point made too. Like, the point that you just made, they're not going to trade him to the giants. I'm saying if he would be available, the giants should be first in line to get him because I do believe right. it, when he does hit free agency, if he does free agency, they're going to be first in line for Soto because they need mm -hmm. that guy. And they, they just brought up Marco Luciano too. After 10, he's their top prospect, 15th ranked uh, prospect yep. in all of baseball. He had like 10, 15 games in triple a. And by the way, he was only hitting about 240 in double a. That to me, like, like maybe he is ready and, and the power numbers were there and the OPS was decent. But that to me sh shows me like, like this is like they're trying to show him off for the trade deadline. That, like that's what it seems like San Francisco is doing. Yeah. Wow. And, I, and I think uh, Juan would do really well in that ballpark with that short fence in, in uh, right field and then the splash zone. The video that you put out with how many guys you know have gone yard in in, in the splash zone, it, it's honestly kind of uh, surprising that there's been so few home runs hit in that bay. 
Um, who do you think the first righty's going to be? I, I think Tatis has a real good shot. <laughs> he, does. he does. Everybody, all the comments were like, "If only Arson Judge signed with San Francisco, he would have he would have been right. the first right-handed hitter to get into the Bay." Um, JD Davis got close last night. Actually, he got it to like mm. the back pillars. And JD Davis, surprisingly, if you look at his savant numbers, like his exit velocity, his uh, his hard hit percentage, JD Davis, like last year. The only guys that had a harder hit, uh, a harder hit percentage last year was Jordan Alvarez and Aaron Judge. It went Aaron Judge, Jordan Alvarez, JD Davis, which <laughs> would surprise a lot of people. So oh, maybe yeah. JD Davis has a chance. You know why it doesn't surprise me? Because he's a typical Mets castaway. He, the Mets just cast him <laughs> off like the, you know, like the big dude. How many times have we seen this, bro? Daniel Murphy came up in the World Series and put together one of the craziest playoff runs. Where is he playing the following year? The Washington Nationals, a top five MVP candidate, by the way. Justin Turner came up with the Mets. Nah, go to the Dodgers. We don't need you. All star level player, face of the franchise, World Series winner. JD Davis, like, oh, you know, this guy plays a pretty decent third base. He's pretty solid. Like, but whatever. We don't necessarily need him. We'll cast him off. Now he's got, we're talking about the guy to be the first right handed hitter ever in the history of baseball to hit into the Bay. Like he's had a good season as well. And, and if the giants pick him up, you know, he's got some value. Like they find value every which way. Like, and that's why we thought Otani would be a fun player to go there because you have Cobb, but Cobb is more of a number three in the playoffs, but Webb Otani in the rotation with that bullpen. Now that's pretty dangerous. Not to mention like, Hey, look, Wade gets on base. You have other guys in the lineup that are good, but would benefit massively from the Otani protection and get on base more. Otani in SF makes too much sense. If, unless the angels throw the money at him, unless the angels get it done this year. Like, look, you're just saying you have to get into the dance and you threw out the angels rotation at the top of this thing, Danny, like it's Otani. It's now Giolito. Sandoval has been decent. Reed Detmars had a really tough start, but it's come back quite nicely. And Griff Canning, like if that's your fifth starter, like, Hey, like, not too bad. And if they're going to continue to make these moves, like why stop there? Like why, why, why is that the only move they're going to make other than the fact that their farm system is kind of piss poor? Like yeah, don't, don't overlook the Reynaldo Lopez acquisition either. You're getting a right hand arm that, yeah. you know, has, has, has hybrid experience. And the guy that, like you said, can eat up some innings in the bullpen too. Um, he's kind of found himself a role in the bullpen. They, you know, he tried as a starter in Chicago, didn't really work out. He's got really, really good stuff. So they're going to try and shore up their bullpen, especially. Like I was, I was doing some like under the radar uh, trade candidates on the Wake and Raid podcast last night. Um, Trevor May for the A's. I know it's mm. in the division, but the A's, the A's have had history of trading with the Angels before. Um, Chase and Shreve of the Detroit Tigers. Shreve has a 30, uh, 30% strikeout percentage against the lefties this year, which wow. is pretty impressive. Um, I wonder if Daniel Bard's going to be willing to go to another destination um, just with what he's battled and finding, you know, finally finding a niche in Colorado, but a 175 opponent batting average and a two ERA for Daniel Bard. There's a lot of bullpen arms available Bro, Brad, Brad hand with Colorado as well. Ryan Yarbrough with Kansas city. There's a lot of arms available. That's what I, that's my only prediction for the trade deadline coming up on August 1st is we are going to see a ton of moves because we have 20 teams that are involved either via the division or via division and or wild card. 
you're going to have 20 teams that are at least going to be in conversations with buying. Um, and a lot of them are going to be bullpen arms, fourth outfielders, defensive replacements. So there's going to be a lot of names. I just don't know if it's going to be big names. I'm kind of surprised how how slow it's been taking, honestly. I mean, for the most part, I mean, we have the Kike Hernandez trade the other day. We, we have Giolito. Um, not a ton of huge splashes yet. Um, I, you know, if you're a team that really wants to, to get in the mix, then kind of get it done early, right, and see if you can get your guys that you want. I mean, Araldus Chapman was earlier in the season, of course, great with the Rangers. Move. But Great move. I think Otani slowed everything down. Like, Nobody knew what the Angels were doing, and he was going to be the big domino to fall. And we didn't know if he was going to be available. What what we didn't know what the Angels were going to do. So I think people were seeing like how that was going to play itself out first. Now I think we saw it last night with Giolito. I, I think now is when we go. You know, from, from yeah. now until August first at five o'clock Pacific time. Uh, don't sleep. Yeah. yeah, Padres honestly might be the big domino now. With what are, are they going to do anything with Snow or Hater? You know, people are kind of yeah. waiting to see. Like, are they available? Do yeah. it. I know. Like, I know we said they're not going to, but like, I don't know. If you're the Pirates, I wish they, bet, would. I wish they yeah. would. You have this you have a Cy Young candidate. You have probably the best closure in the NL right now, and you have Soto. Like, the value is at all time high for all three of those guys right now. I think oh, you start yeah. building for twenty four. Build build for twenty four because get rid of Snell, get some prospects. And then you, you, you give up, uh, you know, you're going to give up some contract space too. So maybe you have a little bit more money to spend in the off season. I think you still yeah. start build for 24, but that doesn't mean giving up Soto, you know, obviously right, right, right. The year of Soto build for 24 and go after it next year. You, you would have the owner to have to tell Preller, Hey, your job is safe in 2024 yeah. <laughs> just to give him that reassurance, <laughs> which yeah. I don't know if he can. I, I mean, I'm looking at guys like Lang Finnegan closers and the, you know, smaller market last place teams who are like not competing teams. Uh, even David Bednar would be a really good, you know, pickup for a team uh, to go out and get last little bit here. DV. By the way, <laughs> no. that's terrible. Uh, World Series picks. Who you got? What's your final? What's your prediction as it stands on July twenty seventh? And you know, maybe your MVP and Cy Young picks as well. Be great. The beginning of the season, I had Angels. Who's my National League team? I had Angels. Probably Atlanta. I don't remember who my National League squad was, but I picked the Angels to win the series. Look, man, the Angels are going after it. I'll just a lot. A lot of what these GMs are doing is going down with their ships. So I'm gonna do the same. I'm going down okay. to my ship, and I'll, I'll stick with the Angels. Say they sneak into the playoffs. Trout's getting healthy. Drury's coming back. Uh, they're gonna make some moves at the deadline. Let's go Angels. Let's go Halos. If if they did win the World Series, <laughs> if they did win the World Series, and they were to match whatever offer that someone throws at Otani, is he staying? They won the World Series. Yeah. Absolutely. Why? Why the hell would he leave? Hell yeah. Yeah, he's one. He'd be a moron. <laughs> Unless he, he wants to get broke like off. Moron. Somebody offers him more money, and Steve Cohen says, "Here you go, show. Hey, here's a blank check." That you know, right. there's that aspect of it too. Steve Cohen. If Steve Cohen gives him seven hundred million dollars, like, can we look into that guy's? Can, we, can the IRS go at that guy at that <laughs> point? Like, how is that even possible? <clears throat> be so ridiculous. We need more owners like Steve Cohen, yeah, and I, Peter Seidler. I do respect what they're doing, like paying the players and just going for it. Um, but, and but really, really quick, I know, I know, we're wrapping up here, but I think a great point that needs to be made though is 
you know what the Mets and Padres have taught me this year is that it has taught me to respect what the Dodgers are doing so much more because a lot of people looked at the Dodgers and their payroll and everybody thought, well, they just buy their roster and they just bought their 2020 world series and they bought their way to the playoffs seemingly every year. And we kind of alluded to it earlier, but dude, it's so much deeper than just buying a roster. Like yeah. what the Dodgers do with their farm system, uh, Gavin Lux and Julio Urias and uh, Walker Outman. Bueller, Clayton Kershaw, Outman, like they do it in so many other aspects. They don't just buy a roster in Los Angeles. That's not what the Dodgers are not the Mets. The Dodgers are not the Padres. What they've been able to do over the last decade plus, um, it's it it is the Mets and Padres have allowed me to respect the Dodgers more organizationally this year than ever before. Being in a division, I mean, I always tell my my Padres homies, like, I don't know how they come up with these random guys that provide organizational depth for them. Like, that's one of the biggest issues for us right now is like, sure, we're top heavy, but at the bottom of your lineup, you've got all these guys that are hitting, you know, sub 200. And it's like, we've got no organizational depth. We call up a guy from AAA, he's ass. You know, the Dodgers, they do that. Yeah. And they get a guy who's hitting a walk-off grand slam because, you know, oh, we knew Outman's going to be this, you know, crazy, great outfielder. So, yeah, I know what you mean. Crazy. Rich get richer. And the overarching point, you got to get it done in the draft, international market, and you got to develop your players. Danny yep. Vietti, Wake and Rake Pod, always a pleasure, man. Thank you so much for joining us. We love having you on, my dude. Appreciate it, guys. Thank you. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done.